After experiencing the transformative power of a regular meditation practice, it's natural to feel inspired to share this gift and guide others on their own journey of discovery through meditation. Join Buddhist teacher David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell, comedian and creator of the Netflix animated series The Midnight Gospel, for a free online event on Tuesday, May 7th at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. They'll discuss the profound practices of mindfulness Dharma Moon's renowned Mindfulness Meditation Teacher Training Program. Get certified by Dharma Moon to teach meditation, lead group practice sessions, and work with individual students. Visit dharmamoon.com slash beherenow for more info and to reserve your spot for the free online event with David Nickturn and Duncan Trussell. Well, thank you everyone for taking part in this. And this is obviously part of the uh, crowdfunding campaign we just ran for MindPod Network, which went very, very well. And we're thrilled to have you guys on this. And uh, without me talking much more, I'm going to turn this over to Raghu uh, and David and Duncan. So you were supposed to say this is a presentation of three entities, right? Oh, yes, I was. Yes, yeah. Raghu prompted me at the beginning. (laughs) Entities. I have to, I have to, <laughs> aren't there other words you could use besides you know, entities? Ghostbusters? What the fuck? Yeah. Being <laughs> like things, amorphous, nebulous, weird things. Uh, okay. The entities are MindPod Network, Mind Rolling Podcast, and the Duncan Trussell Family Hour Podcast. Those three entities have combined to form this. And Zool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Now I'm going to turn it up to you. Okay, I'm going to start with you, Brian. It's like contestant number one. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Brian, uh, yeah, which Brian? Brian in the blue shirt. Oh. How about that? Yeah, that's you. Okay. Uh, All right, I just want to, I mean, uh, you know, we usually, uh, on Mind Rolling, actually get to get, when we get together with anybody, we usually ask them what are you know some of the triggers that they've had that uh, have helped in their transformation to the idea that there's a lot more going on to this life than um, senses, ego, mind, and all that stuff. And uh, you know, when we were young, David and I in the first podcast talked about our tra- you know our whole uh, transitional stuff. And w- so yeah, that's what kind of we want to hear from everybody about what their triggers were into the this other dimension that we are more firmly uh, real in wow. oh, well I, um, I I well I started out um, at birth I had a heart attack and was supposed to die you know that that was a hell of a start that was a hell of a start and well I'm still here but I, I do think it must have set something in motion because uh, many years later, I was uh, reading the Sunday comics and there was a full page ad for a book in the comics and it was called Powers That Be by a man named Alexander Cannon, who was uh, kind of a contemporary of Crowley or something. But anyway, it was in the comic section and it had a picture of... Uh, an, an Indian fakir on a bed of nails and all of that. And I just became totally fascinated by it. And so I had to send for this book. And it, it turns out that it was, it was mostly kind of pseudo theosophical kinds of interesting, but maybe gibberish, but it, it sent me on the way to like, there must be something more. I just became totally fascinated in it. And then I, uh, I started uh, um, uh, the uh, what I call Mo, the um, um, Order Enlightenment, uh, where I would just send to various organizations and join them on in the mail, cool. and uh, they would send me stuff. Hmm. So, yeah, that was a very, <laughs> very no exact answer. Thank you for that. That's great. Yeah. And uh, how did you how did you find? Uh, us and Duncan and uh, MindPod and Mind Rolling, all of them. Uh, I uh, uh, 
I read a website called the Reality Sandwich, and uh, oh, reality they just sandwich. had mentioned one. That's Pinchbacks, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I just uh, uh, mentioned. I I think it might have been even with Duncan. I, I'm not sure, but I I just decided to listen to it, and uh, it reminded me of of the late 1970s and FM radio, where I would listen to um, New Dimensions radio or uh, Hearts of Space and things like that. Oh, which are, really? It's kind of like yeah, like what goes on now, but um, uh, and and I just sort of. Uh, you know, got caught into that. Mm. By the way, uh, he, you're just mentioning Hearts of Space. Does anybody else here know what Hearts of Space is? I don't. I don't. Oh, the best space music. The guy who started it, his name is Stephen Hill. It's still going on. It's somebody I worked with like decades ago in the music business. Uh, yeah, check it out if you want to hear some really, really great it, you could call it electronica, but it's not the kind of electronica that we know of as today. It's more in the quote-unquote new age realm, but really substantial music. Hearts of Space, call yeah. out for them. That's great. I haven't heard about them in a long time. So, Brian, number two, can you tell us a little bit about the triggers for you that set you out on any kind of path? Um, I guess, you know, originating really uh, through... Uh, you know, child, childhood and true, true isolation and, and becoming to know who I was as a person, really at a young age. And, you know, as, as life moves, um, you know, I, I began to surround myself, and it's kind of interesting, with, from people, with people from, you know, the Indian culture were my supervisors and, you know, through life that it guided me, not only with work, work ethic, but, you know, the cultural uh, influences um, you know, so, you know, along the way, you know, we all have our heydays and party and, and, you know, sometimes that's for enjoyment, but, you know, I, you really came to understand there was something obviously much larger, uh, in this scope of this, the game or whatever, you know, especially, and I think the greatest settings are obviously for me was when you're camping, uh, around that campfire and, uh, where you would take, you know, you know, not to get on the bandwagon of hallucinogenics, where you realize that you were one of all. It was like when you hit the hit the um, you know the be the, the the awareness of uh, the harmonics of existence with all that was around you, the trees, the ground, the air. Uh, so you know, I took that and kind of you know whatever you have fun with that over time. But I guess um, you know I. You know, over time, you know, I uh, went to my, uh, you know, stepfather's grave at a certain point and being totally sober. And he was a, you know, pretty bad person as growing up and visiting the grave. I had never been there for like 12 years. And to have um, that same sensation and, you know, it was driven to my knees and I heard, you know, you are forgiving. So I began mm. to immediately understand. You know, there was certainly a higher level of awareness and, you know, that I needed to really get in touch with. So, I, you know, I obviously toyed with that for many years. And, um, and over the course of, you know, in my 30s, uh, you know, coming through my 40s, um, became very, you know, being an immediate caregiver for my uncle who passed from cancer, it became uh, really understood that, there's this is this is just you know a chapter you know it's a chapter in a process and it was very humbling as well as uh, very honorable to be with him at those times and uh and then basically this really set me on a path of you know visiting a local uh buddhist monastery here and not that the gentleman spoke a lot i would sit and you know i would visit when they weren't you know, having met it, you know, uh, you know, services or whatever, and would talk to the, you know, the monk, uh, not a lot of words were spoken, but, you know, a lot of messages were relayed, uh, you know, and, you know, and as well as the master Taikian, uh, I mean, he, I would visit and, uh, you know, a lot of deep questions, uh, you know, were explored and uh, really gave a vast understanding of the direction of life and what we really need to be focused on. And, mm. uh, 
Yeah, it's what what do you think a, we, what do you think we do really need to be focused on? Um, certainly, it's, it's a combination of many things. And God, you guys do a great job of just all the all the people in, in um, uh, you know the MindPod network is incredible to expand upon what I've learned at this point. And, but I guess to answer your question, Duncan, we need to be focused on, you know, true intention, what our intentions are when we do any actions in life, because that is, you know, love and compassion, loving kindness. These are all obviously important things, but it all comes back to intention. Our intentions are who we are and defined our roles in life moving forward. And that, for me, is huge. It's a huge thing because, you know, all that other stuff matters, but it really comes down to your intention and mm. what, what's driving that as a core of a human being and who you are in your heart. Yeah. Yeah, what, if you don't know, what if you don't know what your intention is? How do you deal with that? I, I think a lot of people have no idea what, what their intention is, and, and they fabricate intention to try to give a sense of meaning. But you, do you know what I'm saying? Like the fogginess of intention, wondering what, it, what, it, what am I doing here? Well, I, if that's the case, I mean, certainly one needs to really back up and truly start understanding who they are as a who they are, period. And, uh, you know, over a course of like literally not that I went and set, you know, in quietness, I had a job obviously to function at. But, you know, literally after my uncle passed, I probably spent probably three years easily isolated with and just really became uh, with my thoughts to understand who I am, what am I here for, and really what should I be focused on in life versus all the shit, you know. And I, and I think not the not – I'll just be real quick with this, but I think, you know, and I drive my wife nuts with this, is that, you know, all this shit we think we have to have. And, and uh, Ram Dass hits it, I think you hit on it, Raghu, is where, you know, I get to a point sometimes where it would be great to set up a video camera, burn it all, and, you know, film it. And if you miss it, go watch the video, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, in, this is a, a great point around intention. And, Duncan, you're talking about how do you know if you're inten- you know, what, where is that intention coming from? And then we're talking about motivation and of course, that's talked about in Buddhism a lot. Of of really, which is a, a large part of what the practice is around, is to get self knowledge so that you are more in tune with w- the motivations that you have, and you can check all of the places in which you are acting from self interest. I mean, that's a primary thing. So interesting enough, here we've got two. Um, we can call them awakenings around really. Um, intense life uh, passage stuff, death and uh, having a heart attack. I mean, those are two uh, yeah. enormous ways to, to wake up, so that's pretty intense. George, what about you? Well, I'd, I would say, I guess I'm, I don't know if I've actually awoken yet. <laughs> so I'm well, you're here, that. you're here, yeah. so there must be a reason. Well, for me, like... I don't know. I grew up, uh, my dad was always telling me, like, I don't know, we didn't grow up around religion or anything like that. And uh, the motivation I always had was, like, when someone asked me what I believe in, he always would say, tell him you believe in Bill, dollar bill. So, like, (laughs) my whole foundation is, like, a terrible capitalist, right? So, um, I grew up, I worked, and I'm fucking bored, like, (laughs) and so... The, all the stuff that I do, like, I I realize most of it's meaningless. So I try to find something that actually matters. And I, don't know, I try to help people out when I can. And I guess I'm just looking for some sort of purpose or some sort of uh, meaning to my life. And I guess that's why I stumbled upon this. On What did you stumble upon first? Just to uh, So um, Duncan is uh, how I, I came about Duncan. this. So the, Duncan is the guru here. So yeah. uh, Duncan, you need to uh, talk to your disciple here right now. <laughs> you guys are the gurus. I don't know. I don't know. The, it, I'm still thinking about the intention thing, man. I, the, what you're talking about, <laughs> meaningless and purposelessness and all of that, I... I, that's where I, we're in the same boat, friends. So that's pretty cool. And and I and when it comes to intention, I love thinking about it. And I love, you know, when I'm doing anything, like thinking, like, why am I doing this? And usually, a a big question mark pops up. And I think that uh, Raghu, what you said, it's 
is the is the pretty much the big problem here is that you actually have to practice, <laughs> which is something I've been trying to get around for the last decade because <laughs> it's really weird. You don't want to practice, but I, I do know what you're saying there, Ragu. That is it, of course. You know, you just have to do the put the time in. Theoretically, everyone I know who actually are gurus seem to say that. Well, I have a question related to that practice thing too. Uh, Raghu, like maybe you can help answer this because you practice. Like I also have an issue with practice. I have the one successful thing I've been able to do for a couple years now is the Hanumancha Lisa every day. But meditation is still the hardest thing for me to do. And I've, I've been playing this game, Witcher 3, and you can meditate in the game. And I'm like, if only I could just push the buttons and meditate for 15 minutes in the span of like a second, I would actually be in really good shape. But like, what, what do you, Raghu, what do you think the resistance, what is that that kind of builds up? Because like whenever I meditate for a week or two weeks or even a month, I feel great. I'm like, I'm never going to stop this. I'm never, this is amazing. I get, I have so much more clarity and then i immediately not immediately but i inevitably slip back into this mindset like ah I'm not gonna do it today i'm gonna put it off i'll do it later what, you, what is that didn't you didn't you take the course that we just I gave did. on ramdas.org for I god's sake you're part it. of the whole thing I went through the whole thing, was meditating really well. As soon as it ended and that support system kind of went away, I, it was every other day I stopped meditating and I haven't meditated for like three or four days in a row now. So, Jesus. Uh, well, then you as part of the... You're fired. Uh, you're, fired. Yeah. yeah, you're fired. As part of Love, Serve, Remember Foundation, you, have to, you better think of something that's like, okay, post these courses that we give, there's some yeah. kind of hand-holding that we can do on a day-to-day -day basis after. Yeah. Um, and if you, if you like, uh, we can send a push notification to you every day Be to nice. remind you. You know, this, this is, um, I'll tell you, uh, J Joseph Goldstein says it best in my mind. The reality is when you get really bored of your life or when you have a heart attack and you're suffering or when you're with people that are dying, and, uh, you know, all uh, when you're in the hospital, when you're in these kind of life situations where you are really um, up against the wall, you get motivated. Talk about motivation. You get motivated then because you're so unhappy. And you start to reach out. You know, you look out. You do a yoga class. You you hear something. You you know, Jack Cornfield's on Oprah, Ramdas this. You listen to a podcast and you realize, shit, there is a way for me to deal with this shit. I don't want to be unhappy. It's as simple as that. And so what rises in people that allows them to persist and to cut through resistance is a term called ardent it's a passionate and enth it's enthusiastic uh, pushing forward from the point that you realize that this stuff actually can transform my pain. So you, act you develop this, this thing, and w it gets to a certain point. Like, I don't think about meditating or not meditating. I never think about it. I just sit. I just, every morning before I work, after I get up, I go sit. I got my little place. I just go sit. I, and I don't just meditate. And by the way, doing the Hanuman Chalisa on a day-to-day, -day, that'll, that'll help your ass out, too. So, it does. Uh, yeah. I, that's yeah. So, I uh, you know, yeah. they're, they're, that's not really different from meditating. Because when you're doing it, whenever you realize you're saying these mantras and your mind starts to go yeah. off into, oh, shit, I got to get after that. You know, my wife just did this to me. I got whatever uh you you bring it back it's all meditation mindfulness it's, all of it that's the weirdest thing about the chalisa too that i can say that i did not expect after doing it is you will catch yourself whether you're doing it inside your head or actually trying to, you will watch while you're saying the words and singing it you'll see your mind go to 10 different places right. i i know that i sometimes will be doing it then Two minutes later, I'll be in a completely different section, not remember anything that I've just said, yeah. and be like, "Holy right. shit, what the hell was that? Yeah, like, right. how did that even yeah. happen?" I, it, it, it's enough. It's I know, enough. I know. Yeah. Uh, by the way, does everybody here know what the Hanuman Chalisa is? We're talking about something. 
I'm a, not familiar with it at all. Okay, well, you have a picture behind you of a monkey <laughs> in a, uh, looks like a, a revolutionary uh, jacket of some sort. Um, so if you took that monkey and you transferred it over to India, it would be a monkey from India that's part of one of the, there's two big um, um, tombs, tomes over there. One's the Ramayana, and one is the Bhagavatam, and the story about Krishna, the other story about Ram. And uh, in in this particular one, we who uh, went over and followed Ramdas to India back in the day met up uh, with uh, his guru, who became our guru. And if you've listened to Mind Rolling, you you know you'll know a lot of this story. Um, and we were introduced to this uh, this being called Hanuman, the monkey god, who was uh, an emblem of the perfect servant of God. And we were told by our guru Neem Karoli Baba Maharaji, who said. Hanuman and Christ are the same energy. They are one. So, of course, we know who Christ is, and uh, that's pretty much what that is. Um, and there's a particular prayer that we learned. It's 40 verses. Um, very difficult. Do, do you know this, uh, Noah, You uh, off by heart? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so right there and then, that you have done that, because it's very difficult to do. You had big-time motivation, and you probably don't even know what the hell that was. It just was like, gee, I like singing this thing, you know? And, uh, and, and that's yeah. coming from a completely other zone, and that's really what has to happen. Uh, Duncan, do you know the Hanuman Chalisa? Yes, I do. I mean, I don't have it memorized. I, no, but I then do. you don't know it, I'm saying. <laughs> well, I've, I've got paper. I, would, I don't barely can remember my own phone number. I'm 41. I, I constantly oh, smoke Jesus. marijuana. <laughs> think I can memorize the Hanuman Chalisa? Yeah, you that should bet. help you. Yeah, well, we're, we're going to get after you on that one. I um, love it. No, I do love it. And I went through a period of listening to it again and again. And I do enjoy listening to it. <clears throat> but um, I have yet to memorize it. Though uh, I'm proud of you, Noah, because that is a, a long, strange prayer. It's, yeah, you it's, know what it is, is it, you, you sit with it for like a month. And if you just read the transliteration with it, it'll eventually start sinking in section by section. It's one of those things where looking back, whenever I look at the paper, I'm like, how did this happen? But it's like one of those things like psychedelics in your life. You look back and you're like, what just happened there for me to have that experience and learn what I learned? It's very similar to it. It's I, I'm still, I can step outside of myself and be like, how did I learn that? Like, mm -hmm. what happened here to make it happen? But it is, it is a really, really, really useful thing. It's the only thing I consistently do. that uh, I, may, may I say something that just came to mind regarding uh, purposelessness or that sense of, geez, my life doesn't have a purpose. I need to find something. At the last retreat, Raghu, remember, were you there when Roshi Joan was talking about the idea that the sense, what did she call it? She called it something insecurity. What'd she call it, Noah? She called it, there's a great term for it, but the, the, it's a Zen idea. And the idea is that we always want to know what's going to happen. And we always want a purpose. And we always want a feeling like, okay, here's why I'm doing this, or here's what this is, or here the, here's it. And if we don't have that feeling, it creates this very uncomfortable feeling inside of you that it seems like a lot of the Zen koans are designed to generate times 10. And so it's a very, it's this feeling of not knowing and wanting to know. And her, the, what she was saying is that is actually truth. That the way things are right now in the dimension that we're in is that you don't figure it out. And you don't, the, the, that, the concept of reaching some goal of like, I got it. The grand epiphany or the big light bulb moment that you read about and hear about and it's in all the books, it doesn't come. That in fact, the feeling that you're having of like, I don't know, that I don't knowness, that's what you have to sink into and surrender to, according to her. And I've really used that a bunch mm. when I start getting itchy for some kind of, because you know, a lot of times I, when I do meditate or I have a float tank now, because I'm fancy, and I float, <laughs> float tank, but uh, I've noticed that meditating and floating, going to these retreats, quite often my intention behind it is I want to get high on spirituality. I want to see an angel or contact Neem Karoli Baba or have Hanuman appear to me or just some amazing miracle, levitate, walk through walls. I've tried to move stuff with my mind before. Hasn't happened yet. But I know that if I did have any of those things happen, if Hanuman appeared to me, 
and said, hi, Duncan, I'm real. And all this is real. And there's a heaven and talking monkeys. And it actually happens. Do you know what? Two days later, I bet I'd be playing video games. (laughs) You know, because that's just the way it works. I can attest to that. Uh, (laughs) I think that uh, we should offer, you know, one thing, David, you should talk about um, there's some of the things that you do uh, that uh, around mantras and so on that I think are really um, they're they're. They're easier than learning the entire Hanuman Chalisa, and they're easier than um, uh, having yourself sit for a prescribed amount of time. And it's something that can happen at any part of the day, I, th- I think. Can you talk a little bit about the uh, mantras? Because yeah, you, you use sure. so many great ones. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was never able to learn the Chalisa. I tried, gave up. Uh, so I read it. You know, I just have the thing in front of me and I do it and I think it's incredibly effective. For I have no idea why. Um, you know, KD once said to me, you believe in a flying monkey? What's the matter with you? Um, <laughs> he did say that to me. Um, and, you know, that kind of cheerful or, or you know, attitude that Krishnadas has is very healthy because he's a person that people really look up to, you know. And yet he has that thing of saying part of the mystery is the comedy of knowing it's a mystery and you can't penetrate it, you know. But to answer your question, Raghu, I, I just learned a few uh, mantras that are shortish. And I just looked for the top of the chart, you know, as John Lennon called it, the toppermost of the poppermost. And um, actually the poppermost of the toppermost. And I found two. One is the Gayatri and the other one is the Mitranjaya. The Gayatri is, the, is, is it's, it's like a Maha mantra, although that's really the Hare Krishna. But uh, the Gayatri sort of covers everything. So, you know, and it's four lines, and I repeat it 108 times. How does it go? Uh, okay, uh, sure. Um, Om Borbuva Suvaha Tat Savitur Vrenayam Bargo Devasya Dimahi Yoyona Prashodaya. And um, to do an exact translation is silly because, it, it, you know, you can't do that. But what the basis of it is Om Borbuva Suvaha is, is a, a, an outcry to the universe, you know. Uh, Tat Savitur Vrenyam is uh, honoring the worshipful and uh, knowing why you're worshiping anything. What is this that you're worshiping? There is something being worshipped. Not necessarily an idol or a, or a guru or anything, but just the universe. Tat Savitur Vrenyam. Bargo Devasya Dimahi is the value and treasure of, of meditation and of consciousness. Diyoyona Prashodaya. Not quite sure what that means. I do it every day. And I, I'm not sure what it means, but it's a sort of a, a coda, which ends the whole thing, and and is really a, an obeisance, you know. So that's not very long, and you know you can hear melodies. I learned it in India, uh, in a, a little record store, <laughs> in Bangalore. Oh, I was just cool. in a I was just in a record store, and they were playing these, you know, really stolen CDs that they never pay copyrights on. You can ask Rago about that, and they had thousands of them. And they were playing the Gayatri in this thing, which was about the size of my iMac, the, the actual store. So you sort of had to, and I listened to it, and I asked him, you know, I said, what's that? He said, it's a Gayatri. And uh, so I bought it, brought it home, and I've listened to it ever since. And, and it's, it's fantastic. And the other one is the Mitranjaya, which is the overcoming and triumph over death. In other words, wow. the, the mantra. Of, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> Om Triambakam Yajamahe. Sugandim Pushtivardanam, Uvarukamiva Bandanam, Mitror Makshia Mamrita. And I'm not going to try and translate that, but what it is, is the, the mantra that gives you the, the uh, propensity at any rate to understand that you are, you are immortal even though you are mortal. Wow. That's so we know we're mortal and we know we die. We see our loved ones die and it's very painful and sad. But it happens to absolutely everybody, um, you know, even Donald Trump eventually. And, he's not going to uh, die. He's not a human. I think he's <laughs> no, he's he's... <laughs> but anyway, those two, you know, to answer your question, Robert, those still thinking, my... Silver. Yeah, I, uh, I also do Om Mani Padme Ong, and uh, that's, uh, you know, uh, a really deep Buddhist one that I don't, I, I've never been able to translate that. I know who Padma is, you know, my cat. But um, <laughs> behold the lotus in the, the jewel in the lotus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
Don't, but to get to George's, is George here still? I'm not yeah, sure. I'm here. Okay, I mean, I think what Duncan said before and, and what Noah's, what everybody said so far is that I think it's very profound, actually, that in the meaninglessness, as you, as I think Duncan put it much better than I could, you, you fall into it, it hurts, it's depressing, you feel, oh my God, it's, I'm a nihilist, there's nothing yeah. here. <laughs> but if you really sink into it deep and understand that you are feeling that, that in itself is an amazing transcendence. Because we usually avoid, we avoid our, our, our doubt, you know. And um, even His Holiness talks about, the Dalai Lama talks about this, this, this nothingness and why the nothingness is really full of blessings. But that nothingness, I mean, Noah um, was, was talking before about, um, you know, I think we're all being deep, you know, pretty damn straightforward here, you know. Uh, we're not saying this is the way to do it. But uh, I think what's come up for me so far listening to you guys is, is this business of, of, of plumbing the depth, of mining your own depth, even if you have to pass through some dark rooms. And once you do that, honestly, you know, and I, I think uh, Brian Chalmers, you said that too. And uh, you've got have such a sense of humor, Brian, because I read your comments all the time. You got and, it. You know, <laughs> I did. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they're you gotta great. You got to have a sense of humor. <laughs> well, they're always, they always make me smile, you know, and, and, and that takes you out of the depth a little bit. So that's a brief answer. If you want, a, if you want the, uh, the Gayatri and the Mitranjaya, I'd be happy to, uh, to do a transcription on, on part of MindPod Network. At Let's some put point. it up. Let's put it up yeah. on, on the uh, page on this particular podcast. And yeah, we let, will. let me just say, uh, I have a message for you, uh, Duncan. Please. Yeah, it's from Maharaji, Neem Karoli Baba. Okay, because so happens I did a uh, a webcast with Ramdas last week around the meditation course and so on, and he was saying, yeah, well, I don't know how much Maharaji was really into meditation, so I went back in to find where Maharaji talked about all of that, and then I saw this one particular quote that made me think about you, okay, from him. Cool. And, uh, and what happened is, it happened to me one day. I was, I'll tell you, it's about doubt, okay? Because we're talking about doubt. I was sitting with a bunch of Westerners in front of him. This new kid came, and he sat down, and, um, and he looked confused. He was confused. And Maharaji said, oh, he just came here to test me, like test a guru, you know, like a <laughs> Westerner. Yes. So, um, and, and, and the kid was like, he was a completely a mess and uh i said and this is me why don't i should thought to myself afterwards why don't you just shut up did you really <laughs> need to say anything i said maharaji he's he's not really sure w why he's here and you know he he's he's nervous or something i said something maharaji turns to me and he points his finger right that you've seen in pictures and in yeah. English, right? Not in Hindi, translated. In English, into my eyes, he goes, doubt. <laughs> well, I, but I died for about a, a week because you know every, every, every molecule of whatever that I had that I was pushing down about that, you know, David just talked about that, how we do that. It just uh, freaked me out. So, uh, and I know you and I have talked about this all the time and, and we joked about it. So here's what he said about it. Doubts are part of human nature. They fall away. So stop worrying because they're going to fall away. And by the way, around mantra and the easiest thing in the entire universe, David's just given us a few mantras. The one that he used to do, and he used to do it on his, actually in a diary every day, he'd write Ram, Ram, Ram. He'd write a few pages of it every day. And all day long, absent-mindedly, I mean, he wasn't, uh, there was no awareness, he'd be doing on each digit, rom, 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 you know, this was always going on. So uh, you don't need anything for that. That is the absolute simplest possible thing. And it's just like you're, you're doing rom, and then as soon as you have whatever thought, you know, you realize, you're able to come and witness this bullshit, doubt, um, uh, what am I here for, you know, boredom, all of it. And you're coming and seeing it from a different place. And by the way, uh, one other thing about David. One of David's mantras is, is to Shiva. 
Maha, the great Mrtunjai, is is the conqueror over death. That's what that means um, in a direct translation. And um, my son has that name because when he was a baby, we went to a hot springs in New Mexico and uh, beautiful hot springs where the natives used to go, whatever. He got uh, spinal meningitis and was rushed to a uh, hospital in Albuquerque into the uh, ICU Children's. It was like the worst hell world I have ever been in my life with a bunch of... My son was uh, in a coma. Mm. And a bunch Ah. of children... David, of course, remembers this. uh, And a bunch of children, you know, were were dying in this room. I mean, (laughs) you know, God bless it. Nobody has to experience this thing. Um, And at... um, uh, just day after day after day. And at one point, and here we go back to the Chalisa, I just was so, uh, I got so lost in suffering and uh, pain that I was just, I couldn't move until somehow I had this idea, okay, I better do a Chalisa. So I sat by his bedside. I did a Chalisa. And I, I f- suddenly felt real presence, you know, his presence, presence. And um, I felt a little better. I went that night I went home or to my friend's place to sleep and in the middle of the night I had a dream where Maharaji came to me and said he's going to be okay don't worry I went back to the hospital bang he came out of the coma and he was okay wow um then I sent this message back to India uh, to my family there Indian family and this man KC Tiwari who we talk about and Krishnadas talks about as his Indian father they gave him the name Mrtunjai, conqueror over death, because he did that. I went to India after that to a place called Jagashwar, which is in the high Himalayan forest, in a Diodar forest, the most incredible, one of the most incredible places I've ever been in the world. And there, there's temples that are um, uh, 1,700 years old. Most of the, t- a lot of the temples you see in India, they've been ravaged by Muslims, you know, and they cut off the noses on the statues, all that bullshit. This place is untouched because it's so remote. Mm. And that has been going on. There's two major Shiva temples. One is the temple for Mahamratunjai, and this particular mantra that David uh, uh, shared with us. And the other is, uh, is a specific lingam, which is a representation of Shiva, called the Jyoti Lingam, of which they're the light lingam. There's 12 of them in India, and this is the, this is the eighth one. You go into that, it's like a cave, uh, and people have been doing this worship for almost 2,000 years and doing that mantra, right, as part of the uh, prayer cycle. Uh, then it starts to take on a completely different atmosphere, uh, that you never, ever forget when you leave that place about the reality of conquer over death, which, you know, you, um, you guys, uh, Brian and, and, uh, and Brian, both of you encountered that or in different ways, actually yeah, encountered yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's in that, in that presence, I mean, certainly all the, all the barriers and walls are dropped and, uh, it's 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 very awakening uh, dynamics of situations uh, when you're with someone that's passing and there, there's no walls. Everything that can be said is being said, yeah. Uh, yeah. and it's it's very humbling. Yeah, uh, Ramdas calls that by the way, sitting at bedside with death or having a heart attack, Brian. Um, being at or, the or sitting at yeah at at death. I mean, I I've done that a, a couple of times right. and and based. And basically, it's uh, you, you can do some sort of pasana or something, you know, when you're with that person, because all you you can do is presence to me, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, uh, try to uh, I don't know help create an opening yeah. or something. Yeah, Ram, Ram uh, for, for the, Yeah, he calls that the edge of awakening. Sorry to interrupt you. It's just uh, th- that is exactly what that presence is. That edge mm-hmm. of awakening when you are completely leaving behind any kind of self stuff because you're in a place where there's nothing to do but engender that uh, presence so that that person exactly. can can be you know in in a in a in a place where they, they can transition properly. So uh, yeah, those are major awakening awakenings. Um, awakening. 
All right. There are so many. There are so many of them, Raghu. You know, I mean, I have to say that I was in. I was traveling into Midtown Manhattan when on 9/11, and uh, when I got off at 50th and Broadway, uh, the the trails of the two towers were quite close above me, and I could smell them. And I saw this city of eight million people reduced to just a quiet place. It's the quietest I've ever known New York City. There was no traffic. People weren't talking. The only things you could hear were fire engines distantly from downtown. And I swear to God, I just sat down on a bench somewhere on, somewhere near 50th and Broadway with a cop. And the cop was had his hat off and was crying. Wow. Yeah. And I turned to him and I said, officer, uh, can I help you? And he said, no. I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. And that was, a, I have to say, that was one of the, I don't know, top four <laughs> things that's ever awakened me. You know, I was just fucking blown away beyond words. All my ego, all my ambitions, all my fears, not my fears, no, all of my aspirations, all of my vanities. They came back later, but at that moment, before I managed to get home, I was just in a space of vacuum the likes of which I've never been in before or since. And that was an awakening for me because it, it taught me my smallness and my insignificance and yet at the same time my aliveness. So events, you know, I mean, we've all been around loss. And uh, I read something Ramdas said last week. I think you put it up, Raga, or, or maybe Noah, you put it up. I'm not sure, but it was about grieving. And how complex that is, you know, that you, you can't grieve for all your life, but you, in another way, you can't not grieve for your whole life. You know, if you lose, ah. you know, it's so bloody difficult. And that's yeah. when I have to verge to, and then that's when I grab the Buddhist books. Mm-hmm. I just grab them because they help me. Uh, because very hard, very hard for me personally to understand how suffering really uh, liberates us. And yet, I believe it. I really believe that. I don't want to be a real Debbie Downer here. It's not, you know, I brought up, I brought up 9-11, Downer. but, you know, it's true of me. I just remember myself. I, I felt like I was an atom, an atom sitting on 50th and Broadway. A little can, I be, can I be a Debbie Upper? <laughs> uh, you know, you know the, uh, the, uh, to me, the, uh, what you're saying makes me think of uh, uh, the Bible. There's like a great verse in the Bible, and it... Uh, and it's something along the lines of, uh, let me see here. It's really cool. I think about all the time, uh, actually, weirdly. Um, it goes, uh, it's so weird I'm reading from the Old Testament on the <laughs> podcast. But I, it really is, uh, it's really good. It goes, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. But the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And that's where the Lord was. Oh. And it's, the, it's that, it's, it, I love that because it's that, it, it's not the, whatever the particular mass of catastrophic phenomena that happens. Because that stuff happens and it goes away in a blink of an eye. It's after that catastrophic phenomena, when you're standing there after your mom's died, after your uncle's died, after your child has almost died, and you realize, I'm fine. I am fine. Whatever I really am, that thing that I really am, the thing in the Bhagavad Gita they talk about, it cannot be, uh, it cannot be burnt by fire, it cannot be withered by wind, it was never born, it never came into being, will never come into being, it's transcendent. When you, you come into contact with that and you realize, wow, this entire material universe is just some kind of fog, that's it. It's fleeting and it's brief and it will not touch me. It cannot hurt me. That's the, that to me is the most incredible moment. That's when that mantra you were saying, David, comes into my mind. You know, that's where it's like, I have conquered death, not by getting rid of death, but by realizing that death itself is just the final uh, hiss of a, what is actually just a harmless, sweet cat that from time to time likes to give us a fright. And when you realize that, it's one of the most incredible moments before you forget again and get caught up in the uh, complexity of everything. I just want to know, did you have that passage prepared for this podcast? <laughs> 
No, I looked it up as as he was saying that. I was looking. You have in my a phone. Bible, right? Or you went on my mine. friend? I've got a yeah. I've got a portal to all human information called a cell phone right here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I see. No, I thought you had a Bible. You know your favorite. I keep Bible. a Bible handy with yeah. me, Ragu, yeah. so that when I get well, around you new agers, I can teach you to love the Lord. That's what I figured, especially since you're you're from the south. You know, so you're a Bible thumper. Um, Duncan, I would like. It's an to... amazing passage. Though. Let's let's. Yeah, do... no, Isn't no. That was... cool? Yeah. <laughs> right. In fact, please, uh, we should put that passage up. Yeah, that's it's the... beautiful, and where, where uh, please give it to us. Uh, uh, you know, at the end of the show. The Book of Kings, nineteen twelve. Oh shit! Even it's okay. <laughs> don't eat shellfish. <laughs> All right. And don't get me going, or I'll start quoting Leviticus twelve thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now you're scaring us, okay? But Dunk Please. is running Mike Huckabee's campaign. Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> He's a good man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, listen, I want to talk to... Uh, you joked about one thing, and, and since we've been talking about this kind of stuff, Duncan, uh, you, you joked about, oh, well, shit, if actually, if Hanuman, the monkey god, flew over here and presented himself to me, and I had complete what they call being in the presence darshan of... Yes. The next day, I'd be back playing video games. Sure. Well, I'm, let's say I'm going to give it a couple of months. But, yeah, pretty soon I'm going to be back to my normal like, routine. Maybe two weeks. I don't know. <laughs> a couple of weeks, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole point, right? I mean, I, this is something. God, why do I always quote the Bible? This is something. <laughs> you know, it, I, think, I think Jesus <laughs> said something along the lines of, look, it doesn't matter what I do. The miracle already happened, you, and it really did. Like, we're, you, you want a talking monkey? How about the fact that we're uh, organic matter that sprang out of inorganic matter some billions of years ago on this insane planet? How about that? How about the fact that we're on a planet that, as it rotates and revolves, produces moons, uh, and, and it does produce talking monkeys. They're called human beings, and they spit. We're surrounded by Hanumans, billions of Hanumans that came spraying out of this planet, like what Alan Watts says, it, the Earth peoples. And so we're in this constant miracle. And this is something Ramdas said, which I really loved, which is the more you do this practice, the more everything becomes the miracle. And I remember hearing mm. him say that and thinking, oh, yeah, of course. Of course. We're trying to get some fantasy thing to pop out of a thing that is already the most perplexing, uh, miraculous, and impossible to understand event, which is that there was 13.8 billion years ago an explosion of energy that produced all phenomena that we are currently a part of and that is experiencing itself through us. If that's not a miracle, I don't know what is. Like, it, after that, it isn't after that everything just like, after that everything's just... Uh, 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 what do you call it? Uh, the sp- sprinkles you put on a cupcake. After that, that, that <laughs> it, it really isn't. Whatever comes after that incredible event is secondary, you know. And and so that's why I say the thing about Hahnemann because really the it, it's not. It can't be that some miracle happens and you get better. Okay. That- yes, it can. You went off into a cosmic <laughs> jaunt. Rainbow. But wait, Roger, uh, real, if we get, if we if we think that some being external to us can get around us and and wave a magic wand or say the right words or uh, bathe that we can bathe in the being's effulgence and then suddenly we're better, then at that moment and forgive me for going college level existentialist here, you have negated free will because you've turned human beings into a kind of corrupted potion that the moment the right additive gets placed into the beaker, the, the, the thing changes. I'm saying the more hopeful idea, at least from my POV, is I, the, the being, I am, I am in the being. And, and, and the final movement that has to happen is not somebody to touch me on my uh, uh, third eye, or any eye for that matter, but for me to make that decision to surrender, to put down this ridiculous force field that I have up against love. You think that, you're making decisions, pur- huh? Purpose, purpose, well, and I see, intention. I see. Let's hope, let's hope I we're see. on uh, 
uh, by the way, I was just trying to get at a helpful little point. I wasn't getting so much into the Please, this, this uh, cosmic philosoph philosophical thing around I, I, this. I like uh, this. But, <laughs> this but is... uh, the reality is you wouldn't be who you are if Ramdas hadn't have gone and met this being who, and he had, of course, the realization of eventually that, yes, you're correct, the big up level is that that being is inside him, that that being is inside all of us. God, guru, and self are one. This is not, there's no separation. But we don't know that, and you don't know that, and none of us sitting here really know that. So there's some kind of action to take. That is the free will. But in reality, yes. there's another reality that we cannot comprehend because we are living in our in rational duality uh, at, at, up to the point where we become that thing. But all I was trying to say was when you do have an ineffable experience, whether it's meeting a being like Nimkaroli Baba or uh, an incredible acid trip or uh, being with somebody in a space where suddenly there is no time and space there is an unconditional space, whatever it may be, the next day you're going to play, or the next day, and we talked in maybe a couple of months, two weeks, we're going to play video games, or we're going to yes. be watching Game of Thrones like you were doing when we were having this intensive practice at the <laughs> retreat. Duncan walks out of the room. I happened to be standing outside because I was running around <laughs> doing stuff. I said, where are you going? I got to watch Game of Thrones. Well, I, I remember. I remember that story. Jesus believe. Christ! Are you really <laughs> serious? Hey, uh, the guru is in everything. Yes. Yes. Okay. Another Tyrion up Lannister. level. More yes. up level. Keep up leveling. Uh, all I want to say is that the the point at which you say you have the ineffable experience, whatever it may be, and then you're back to your sort of quote normal human self thinking about, you know, Game of Thrones or whatever it is, at that moment, the beauty of the human incarnation, and this is, uh, you know, credit to Sharon Salzberg, is the moment, as soon as you have that, you understand that you can start over. You can begin again. If it's yeah. meditation and your, your thoughts are going well, or just life situation, and those ineffable experiences, they do microcosmic changes that absolutely change you and move you forward. And, and they do build up that over time, you find yourself less reactive to your own bullshit, less judgmental on yourself, kinder to others. All of that happens. What His yep. Holiness the Dalai Lama says happens. So, and, and this is that great verse in the Bhagavad Gita where Arjuna asks Krishna, what happens if someone falls away on this path? Uh, what happens if you fall down or if you get lost or confused? Mm -hmm. And Krishna says, there is never any loss nor diminution on this path, which is an amazing thing because yeah. everything else, there's loss and diminution. But it's really cool, that idea that every movement, if there is, if that could be called movement, but every progression, every epiphany, every one of these moments, it never goes away. It might get concealed by yeah. a wonderfully told, incredibly entrancing, well-made and well-shot fantasy series I love called Game of Thrones, but underneath <laughs> it, there's still that shift has happened inside of you, and theoretically, yeah. it's permanent. Yeah, you know, and that's and, where to have trust. And I, I mean, I want to say one thing about the Game of Thrones things too. <laughs> I, I, I think there is something, and I always go to like the Joseph Campbell myth mythological stuff. There, there's something that all of the popular culture shows, no matter what where they're coming from, they tap into a mode of storytelling and myth telling that resonates with people. That is the same thing in the Bhagavad Gita that gets people going. It's the same thing in the Ramayana. It's the same thing in the Bible. It's these, these mythological concepts, which whatever perspective you're looking at them from really resonate with people. So it's not like they're totally separate. I mean, I, I, not right. everyone watching Game of Thrones is like, oh, yeah, this is the hero's journey in some weird way. But it's still touching things inside of people, which is promotes the interest. I mean, exactly. so I think there's something there, too. Amen. Um, okay, yes. you've given him some small, tiny little excuse. <laughs> 
excuse. We can't, we can't, if we start doing this experiential hierarchy thing, then that's a slippery slope that leads to everybody wearing funny costumes and shaving your head and parading around something that we've decided is the best thing where everything isn't. And that's what I really love about you know what what I what I've gotten from Ramdas is that you can play this game. Mm. Here is God, there is not God. But really, that's just a game. And what a wonderful game, because what's more fun than running to your mother when you're a child? My brother was telling me about how he goes to pick up his boy at, uh, at, a, at a nursery school. And the boy, when he comes, the boy like looks at his friends and is like, Dada, Dada. So explaining like, this is the great being. This is the greatest thing. Look, here he is. And it must feel so good. The prodigal son returning to the, your father's house. It's wonderful, but it's still a game. And in the tension created by the not being there, as Sharon Salzberg calls it, or, or uh, it produces the healing she talks about when she says the healing is in the return. So it's a wonderful waveform that we're doing as a game, but it's just a game. And, 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 and it, it's just a game of thrones. Oh, Jesus <laughs> All right, I'm not going <laughs> to... Oh. I'm not going to rejoin to that one. It's just too, uh, too out there. Uh, we, we've uh, actually uh, come to uh, the end of our sponsors here, uh, have uh, given us only this amount of time. So we're, we're, it's uh, about... Anybody have any last little word that they want to say before we sign off? I yes, Brian. Oh, I want to. I want to. I want to thank you, David and Raghu, uh, for uh, uh, your mentorship. I mean, I, I I think that's been missing for a long time. You know, uh, uh, that people who can uh, go out there and communicate uh, the spirit. Hmm. And I, I just love listening to you guys. I love you know Van Morrison and those <laughs> guys and and I, I just want you to to keep it up and and you and you Duncan uh uh I, I, you know I love you man I think you're just right on I think you're you're um you're following your heart and your spirit and and that's that's all we can never do thank, thank you so. thank you Brian thank you so much no, yeah just uh just literally few seconds here i you know i you know obviously thanks to you you david and ragu and you know i've been listening since day one and i did listen to literally all the the mind pod network podcasts i have a a cumulative uh 10 hour commute on a weekly basis and that's oh, what it's geez. filled that's what it's filled with is uh. you guys and and krishna das and uh mm. i will tell you this it's 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 changed me just being exposed to you guys and what you share and it is uh I'll tell you, there's, I don't know how many people are listening, but this is, I think in the future, when we're all gone, I think this being electronic is going to be known as something that really changed the course of uh, what the hell is going on on this planet. Mm. Thank you. And that's what I hope it becomes because it it needs to. That's really kind. Thank you. Thank you. If I could just say something and not sound like like a a rock and roll singer on a stage, you know, (laughs) Hey, Detroit, I love you. Um, (laughs) I just want to say, and I mean this, and I know Raghu feels this way and Noah feels this way, uh, the response we get, uh, both from Brian's and others, and George. Uh, is, is that circle, that circle is the whole thing. Because if we were just doing this and, and people were not moved by it and didn't express that, then it would be empty and lost. And it would be no confirmation that we were kind of doing anything that, that, that communicated anything. And, you know, when I listen to Duncan, uh, I get that same thing. So it's, it's really a circular thing. That's, and, I, and it's a great privilege. Uh, and thank you so much for contributing to this, uh, to this Indiegogo thing, because we just got to thank you for this, because you did. And, and you're here, and that's karmically exact. You guys are here. Yeah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> we're, we're, we're just thrilled that you did that. And thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, that's cool to me, too. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that. No, but that is super cool, man. That you guys are are actually helping blow whatever this weird dandelion is that Raghu and David are working on to spread this <laughs> because it's it's beautiful and it's if you look back, you know, at whatever it was that triggered for me, you know, I just found some books laying around that my mom had, and if you imagine, and 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 I, you had to get lucky. 
You had to have a mom who had the books or a dad who had the books. You had to stumble upon the weird book at the bookstore and you had to get lucky. And your chances of doing that were fairly limited because of this stuff that Raghu's doing and David is doing and the MindPod Network is doing. Now there's those books are everywhere. It's just so much easier for someone to come into contact with this stuff. And I think it's really cool that people out there do feel the motivation to actually help something like this grow. So thanks, you guys, for doing that. And we have to do, of course, I know you don't like it, Duncan, but we have <laughs> to do a call-out for you because none of this shit is happening unless you wrote me that letter and pushed me into this whole deal, which is why True. we call Duncan Trussell the guru. <laughs> Oh, and, and I it, mean it. I mean it. People use that as an insult. They do that fantastically. <laughs> they, it's like when you see someone and you're like, man, you look great. And they look, they're like, they've been drinking for a month or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. So I get it, Raghu. No, I mean <laughs> it. I am sincere. Hey, we love you all out there for supporting yeah. what we're doing, what Duncan's doing, MindPod, all of it. Please continue to do that. Go to duncantrussell.com to catch uh, and uh, Duncan's podcasts and, and go and subscribe on iTunes for them. Go to mindpod.com and catch Mindpod all... Mindpodnetwork.com. Mindpodnetwork.com. See, thank God I've got Noah. Thank you, Noah, for organizing this whole thing and yeah. uh, keeping yeah, us straight you. here. And yeah, we you. shall see you all next time. Hare Krishna. Nice to meet you. Namaste. Ciao, ciao, bambino.